0: Action! Welcome to Torn Stubs with me, photographer Robert Gershenson, and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. We're going to continue our series on non-superhero comic book movies as we move on to 1994's Jim Carrey vehicle, The Mask. Vehicle, and what a vehicle he has. Mm. What is that? I mean, 1994 was a big
1: year for him. 1994 was the year of Jim Carrey.
0: Yeah, he had The Mask, he had Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and he had Dumb and Dumber. Three
1: out and out classics, if you ask me.
0: And Dumb and Dumber, he was paid 10 million for. Yes. So that's a huge fucking jump. And
1: you know the story about that?
0: Yeah, seven years prior, he'd written himself a blank check Mm -hmm. because he's all about, you know, positioning things in the universe. Yeah, in the universe. Yeah. Um. So he wrote himself a check, and then seven short years later, he wrote himself a a
1: blank check or a check for ten million dollars. Yes, that was dated for the future, like in ten years time or something, that he was going to give to himself, and then lo and behold, in ten years, he got the money.
0: He got it. He became a star. The year after in 1995, Batman Forever and Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. 1996, The Cable Guy. 1998, The Truman Show. 1999, Man on the Moon. 2004, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So that decade was his decade, really. Mm. It's And it's so weird how you can see that progression
1: where he really hit that comedy peak and then started yeah. to move into dramatic roles.
0: Would it happened within two years because The Cable Guy is not the you know it is the zany side of him but there's a darkness and there's a depth there that you can sort of see the so the seed Mm. sowing in this film i don't really know the cable guy um he's a really nice guy (laughs) uh it's it's really dark and it's it's more of a commentary on sort of how we're so fixed so transfixed on um sort of watching things online not online on television Mm. um it's really, really fucking dark.
1: Yeah. I remember seeing it when I was younger and being a bit like, I don't get it. And I've just never
0: watched it again. I love it. Mm. It's one of my favourites of, of his, mm-hmm. definitely. Were you a big fan of his then? Um, I can be. Mm. Um, I don't like Ace Ventura. Really? I didn't particularly... Yeah, I didn't particularly like Dumb and Dumber. Oh. But I do like him in Batman Forever because, you know, by that time, the Batman franchise was campus tits, yeah. and he is he's perfect as the riddler In that one you know, he's really channeling he's really channeling the 1966 version from yes. the, the adam west burt ward tv show yeah um but when you get to things like truman's show man on the moon or, and eternal sunshine of the spotless mind the zaniness has all but gone mm. and it's it's like he's reborn
1: yeah it's like it's so far away from the mask that you—it's almost
0: unrecognizable. Yeah, it's completely unrecognizable. It's like he's a completely different actor, but mm. the mask was his his massive breakthrough. Did you see it at the time?
1: Yeah, and I so I would have been eleven when it came out over here, and me and my friends were just obsessed with Jim Carrey. Like pretty much every other thing that we said was some kind of Jim Carrey quote. Like every like everything in Ace Ventura, we quoted like like a glove and all of that stuff, and like Dumb and Dumber, just everything in Dumb and Dumber, and um, but the mask especially was the big one that we quoted because it's like it's such a quotable film. Like you can't it is you can't move for quotable lines, and it's not just Jim Carrey. Like he gets obviously the lion's share of the the funny lines, but then mm. there's um, what's her name the the reporter. Um, is it amy madison and she says oh most men think monogamy is some kind of wood and it's just like hilarious (laughs) like constantly (laughs) hilarious from the start
0: to the finish so i saw it at edgeware cinema which is now a block of flats i just i remember so vividly so vividly seeing it it really it really hit a mark with me so it says based on a comic by doug mankey and john arcudi published by dark horse comics mm. and it took a long time for it to become the film that we see the rights were first bought in 1989 so it was a good five years of trying to find a way to take it from the comics and it's quite violent in the comics and turn it into mm. something that is quite palatable for a pg-13 audience
1: Yeah, the comic was, he would like, Stanley Ipkiss was kind of a dickhead. Like, he was out for revenge. He was really targeting, like, I think there was actually a cut scene from the film where he goes back to his high school teacher and sort of basically beats him up or beats her up. Um, So he's using it for bad. Yeah, whereas... The film is a lot more. He's much more sympathetic character. Like everyone says that he's like the nice guy, and he's like a big nothing. You're a big nothing, Epkis
0: It's just an insecure, yeah, modern mid '90s, twenty-something yeah. American, and I find, I find that side a real pleasure. Yeah, he's a complete clut, like klutz.
1: He puts his pen in the pencil sharpening machine. Um, he's just a complete state, and it's really endearing and hilarious. He's got a shit
0: apartment, he's got a dead end job. Yeah, he's got no social skills whatsoever, and that's the depth I'm talking about when we talk about the depth in Jim Carrey. Mm. He he's able to be the zany mask, but he it that that. The mask, the zaniness of the mask performance doesn't work without the the subtle sort of insecurity, lovableness of Stanley Ipkiss. It's mm. a real modern Jekyll and Hyde.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's the thing that is so astonishing with the mask is that he does play two completely different characters and he does them both yeah. so well. Oh, like, obviously, he's un- almost unrecognisable with the green latex mask on, but the physicality mm-hmm. of it and the the line delivery like his um his death scene or his fake death scene is cryworthy material so good like can you actually name all yeah. the films that he's taking the piss out of that death scene because there's a um, lot it's probably
0: <laughs> like shane or <laughs> the searchers or something it's definitely like like cowboy films. well there's right? like there's
1: old yeller then there's gone with the wind <laughs> Then there's a Christmas Carol. It's like, tell Tiny Tin I won't be home this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so fun. And then then he does the Sally Field Oscar speech at the end. You love me, yeah. you really love me.
0: <laughs> Just brilliant. Just this week, actually, Jim Carrey released a video on it must be Twitter, where the frame is quite tight. So I think it's a TV showing Trump given one of his ridiculous press conferences because of the COVID-19 thing. Mm. And Jim Carrey's just coughing on him (laughs) like the mask. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to have to look for that. But the physicality is brilliant. There is the coughing and the accepting of the Oscar. There's the being arrested section. Mm -hmm. There's the Calypso number. Dancing.
1: He dances. Like, that is him and Cameron Diaz actually dancing.
0: Yes. Uh, Well, not all. I mean, when they're flipping her around and everything, that's not... But yeah, the, you know, 95% of it, he's doing. they're doing their own stunts. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. I just love this film so much. It's so joyful. I, I actually hadn't watched it in a long, long, long time. And, Same. Um, I probably hadn't watched it since it hit home video. So yeah.
0: 24, five years? Well,
1: I think it was one of the films that I taped off TV. So I would watch it over and over again. Like I had a set number of films in the 90s that I had on tape and I just watched them on repeat religiously and this was one of them. And then I moved on to horror and forgot about it. Then it's always that fear where you're like, oh, I loved it as a kid, but am I? is it actually any good? Do you think it holds up? And I actually threw it on randomly about five months ago because I saw it was on Amazon Prime and thought, I'll give it a watch. And I chucked it on and I couldn't believe how much I was laughing because I think it holds up
0: so well good comedy is good comedy good yeah. writing is good funny writing. is funny Funny is funny good writing is good writing and it doesn't you know good writing doesn't age yeah exactly good performances do not age yeah yeah exactly yeah and this was this was a year before toy story mm. whenever people say oh toy story pixar they make films that the adult and the kids mm. can understand equally there's something for everyone in there mm-hmm. well this film did it first
1: yeah absolutely there's there's like really adult humor like when he pulls a condom out of his pocket. Like the condom out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and but also it's it's like the villains are actually kind of scary. Like Dorian is a scary guy.
0: Yeah, an unfortunate looking scary yeah. man. He's got those eyes. He reminds me of um reminds me of Robert Davy. Who's that? Um he was one of the agent Johnson's from Die Hard, the guys in the the FBI guys in the helicopter. And he was also uh, the bad guy in license to kill. He just is a bad guy, isn't he? He just looks like a bad guy. He's got a bad guy face. Yeah. But the eyes, those piercing mm. eyes and those you know, he could cut glass on those cheekbones. But he does a really clever thing where he's
1: actually quite vulnerable when he's with yes. Cameron Diaz.
0: And also being terrorized by his boss.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like he's a, he's a simpering sort of i don't know Underling. yeah like he's like a, he's like a right-hand man but then when he's when he's doing his own thing he's actually properly scary and like when it does that first scene with him where it goes from stanley ipkiss's kind of bumbling slightly ridiculous very ridiculous life it then switches because you're watching what cameron diaz's character is recording or broadcasting in
0: the bank i mean how does he not see that lens sticking out of the handbag <laughs> it's huge was like an eye, mm, but
1: it's really '30s style
0: noir. Like that
1: office looks. Yes, 30s. that's the thing.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, the whole thing is is like a riff on, you know, the original mm. Scarface yeah. type gangster flick. Yeah, exactly. She is she is the gangster's mole mm. and the blonde femme fatale all rolled into one.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they do some really clever stuff with the two female characters. So there's her who's the mole. And then there's the reporter yes. who's kind of like she's also a double bit, She's also a bit bumbling and like, you know, some of us are still looking for our nice guys, and then she turns out to be the one who fuck screws him over. And in the in the original cut, she gets killed horrifically. Why didn't they leave that in? I don't know. I think because the test audiences said it was just too messed up. Too much? Because she is actually like a, a real person. She's not a cartoon. And then she gets yes. chucked into the printing press and gets all these, all these newspapers get printed of her being like crushed, basically. <laughs> like reporter dies in horrific accident. Things start spewing out of the out of the uh, printing press.
0: Because <laughs> if you throw a human body into yeah. a printing press, the printing press will just immediately report the death. death. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the um, Do you think the FX hold up? I think they look amazing because
1: they're meant to look kind of cartoony. They 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 very cleverly mix in-camera stuff with like proper just cgi like he turns into like the wolf banging his chair on the table or like wolf whistling and his heart thumping i think it's you know it's what is it the year after jurassic park which for me is like the benchmark i think for everyone there's a benchmark for cgi and what it can do but yeah i think it still looks amazing like compared to a lot of other films that came directly after jurassic park that kind of look a bit shit now and you can tell when, like, it's a fake car or... I mean, look at Judge Dredd. Yeah. They spent $150 million yeah. on that film. And when they have a floating car, it still looks like it's made out of pixels. Whereas with this, I think it looks brilliant. But because of the fact that it's meant to be cartoony, I think.
0: Yes. I think, I mean, there's there's one thing that, that sticks out. When he gets flattened like a pancake mm. and he sort of, like, curls up, the, the face is completely superimposed and it looks terrible. But everything else just looks faultless. Yeah. Yes, turning into a a wolf. Yes, when the the eyes and the skull Mm -hmm. and the tongue completely pop out then then sort of whack back in. It reminded me of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But Who Framed Roger Rabbit wasn't done in computer. It was, everything was hand drawn. That was the whole point of that. I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit and it has such wonderful charm. But some of the eye lines are off. Don't they flatten the bad guy in Roger Rabbit
1: as well? There's a moment when yes. he's like flopping yeah. around really spookily. Yeah, yeah. Gets,
0: Judge Judge Doom gets yeah. Judge, Judge Doom gets run over by a steamroller. Yeah, that's horrible. I, I have I can't fault the the use of CGI in this film. Mm. It's great.
1: And this is the first non-superhero comic book film that we've watched as part of this series where the main character like the hero, the main character actually says, "I could be a superhero." But first... Oh, really? Yeah, like, he actually acknowledges that with this power, he could be a superhero, but he decides not to be,
0: really. <laughs> what does he do instead? Does he rob the bank? Yeah, he's like, at first, I've got to go and get my woman or something. <laughs> like, it's complete nonsense. <laughs> well, let's talk about The Woman. This is Cameron Diaz's first on-screen film. Unbelievable.
1: She's so good in it. What happened to her? What happened to Cameron Diaz? She did some great stuff she in did, the
0: 90s. She did this... She did A Life Less Ordinary. She did um, Being John, John Malkovich. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Then what? Then she succumbed to bullshit like... Rom-com. The Holiday. The Holiday, yeah. Which was like 10 years after this. And that's... Like Charlie's Angels. That's it. Charlie's Angels, that Bad Teacher. Is it Bad Teachers? Bad Teacher.
1: Green Hornet. Bad I forgot teacher. she was in the Green Hornet was she in green i've never seen it i think whenever she's tried to do something a bit different like she did the counselor with ridley scott i think that she's just had some really bad luck like on the on paper it looks like she's made really smart decisions like she did a she did night and day with tom cruise and vanilla sky with tom cruise oh yeah she did oh, yeah um did the shrek films which was like yeah okay it's voiceover work who did she play who did she play in shrek
0: yeah princess fiona
1: I I can't remember the last time I saw Shrek. I believe you don't know that. Shrek Two is good.
0: It is a shame because she is a brilliant, brilliant actress, and she just doesn't do anything anymore. She
1: hasn't worked since two thousand and fourteen when she did Annie. When she did the Annie, so what's she been doing? She played, she played even on
0: TV. She like any no. telly.
1: Uh, do you know what? You just when when someone hasn't worked for that long, you wonder if something's happened in their personal life that you don't know about, which is kind of fair enough. But at the same time, Maybe. she's so good, and
0: she's not a trope here. She's mm. not a trope. She's a, she, I mean, that sort of role, especially if they're hiring like an ex model who wants to be an actress. Mm-hmm. The the lazy thing is, oh, let's put a bit of eye candy in, but it's actually a a, a beefy role. She's yeah. more than just the gangster's mole. Yeah, and there's more to
1: the fact that obviously they give her the 30s body sweep introduction where she's like doused, yeah mopping herself down because she's been in the rain but that's kind of the point like she's doing that on purpose that she's playing a role she is being the femme fatale um yes and it's only later on that you realize that she's actually an all right person who's made some bad decisions
0: here's a question mm. is this the first mention of loki in movie that's
1: what i was going to say because when I watched it as a kid, I had no idea who Loki was. But now... Yeah. So now the film has the, the explanation of who Loki is, the god of mischief and blah, blah, blah. And now everyone's like, yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> Does this mean the mask can join the Avengers? That would be so good. <laughs> I'd watch that.
1: Can you guess how long uh, Jim Carrey actually wears the yellow
0: suit for in the film? So how long he wore it for while making
1: it, or how no, long it's on screen? How much screen time the yellow suit actually has.
0: Oh, it's probably like a minute and a half or something. Oh, well.
1: It's five minutes. <laughs>
0: but, oh, <okay. laughs> but
1: considering it's a, like an hour and a half film,
0: that's nothing. Yes. And that's what we use. Well, it's it iconic, work. isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's so the iconic. yellow and the green. Yeah, like but he stands out. You know, no one else is wearing a garish yellow mm-hmm. suit. No one else has a garish green face yeah and they're just so accepting of oh he moves fast he oh he's wearing the mask
1: <laughs> and they there's only one moment when somebody mentions the fact that he's got a green mask on and all the other time everyone's just like oh it's just a guy in a green face
0: why aren't these type of films made anymore they sort of like mid-budget totally fun mm. they work for adults they work for kids on the money they just don't happen anymore well has pixar kind of taken that away that that
1: specific crossover point where it's like adult and kids enjoy
0: this but when was the last pixar movie to actually do that last one i saw was coco and i would not say it was one for adults i found it atrociously boring i wasn't a huge fan of coco i quite liked onward was that the most recent one with tom holland yeah yeah i liked it what do you think of chuck russell's style he's the director <laughs> Thanks For the confirmation,
1: <laughs> um, what do I think of his style? I'm just trying to link it back to the film that we have watched of his, um, which is what a Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs>
0: Dream Warrior, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yeah,
1: and there is a line that is that both films share, which is Welcome to Primetime, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> no, it's what? um, What a Rush!
0: What a Rush! What a Rush! What a rush. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah
0: spent my entire youth
1: doing that. I'm surprised I didn't dislocate
0: my jaw. Um, What do I think of his style? I think he's completely unfussy. He's not flashy. No. Incredibly economical. He's not a showy, flashy director. He's there to serve the story, Mm. not to have his vision up there on the screen. I feel like he just kind of, he just let, he almost let Jim Carrey do
1: what he wanted to do, but he also massively benefited from Jim Carrey because a lot of the yes. stuff that would have been really expensive cgi jim carrey could just do with his like
0: elastic body and face but i also i also think that they said okay you have the freedom to improvise mm. and we will work around you That's work around you and we will choose. The <laughs> <laughs> But we'll choose the best one in the edit yeah would you like a sequel to this um, to this version, I know there was uh, Son of the Mask, which is a ridiculous title, just as stupid as Son of Pink Panther. Mm. But would you like a a sequel or even a reboot in this vein? No, I like I like it as it is because
1: it's all wrapped up in that nostalgia for that time where I watched it as a kid a million times. I not I want to see what Jim Carrey is going to do next. That is actually big and gets noticed. Because he's obviously aging.
0: But he just won the Golden Globe for something he did on telly.
1: Oh yeah, he did. The the kid uh, kidding that TV series.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's it.
1: yeah. Maybe just like everyone else, he's just moving
0: into TV, and maybe he'll stay there now. I think they should move the mask to TV. Mm. It seems if 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 it's a non superhero property, it goes to TV. Mm. Preacher, Good Omens, The Boys. Who would they get to play the mask now? It could be Jim Carrey. He's still got that energy. Mm. You can see it on talk shows. You can see it in that that Sonic the Hedgehog clips that I keep seeing. Oh, and he did that Cedar piss take, which was hilarious. And he did Dumb and Dumber or Dumb and Dumberer. He did a sequel to that not Dumb so Dumber long ago, and Dumber, Dumber Two. So he's he's you know he can still tap into that, mm. and he still is a very very physical actor mm. so it would be it would be kind of nice to see you know pick up and see how Stanley is with with the mole go back into mm. that world do it as a, a limited series do you think it would be on one of the platforms
1: i wonder if now though we're in such an aware age in terms of i don't know in terms of storytelling i wonder if it would try to do something a bit cleverer like like what Wes Craven did with New Nightmare, where the mask maybe visits Jim Carrey or something. Like it would try to
0: play that around. That sounds like there. something that would be really up his street mm-hmm. because it's the blurring of reality. If you mm. watch that Jim and Andy documentary,
1: yeah.
0: he, he even admits, I took it too far. I couldn't see the reality. I couldn't see where I ended and Andy Kaufman started. Mm. He likes that sort of stuff. So that's a really good idea. Jim, I'm going to pitch you. That was The Mask, directed by Chuck Russell. Joshua, give us a clue as to the next film. Next film, we're going straight to Hades. That's actually a Bring It On
1: reference, but we're not doing Bring It On.
0: (laughs) Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and ACAR so you don't miss that bloody episode. And And we're on something.
1: We're on uh, this thing. It's like they have birds there. I think it's called Tweeter. Uh, Twitter, but it's at torn Stubbs pod. So I mean, if you can
0: figure what that is, then just go for it. We're off to the Coco Bongo Club. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Josh winning Cut.